Hi, I'm Aisha. I'm Megana. I'm Zara. And this is 2720. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> Episode four. It's been pretty... I don't know how you guys feel, but these past episodes, I feel like we're growing as podcasters, as one would may say. <laughs> um, it's very new to be doing an interview style because we all hang out, but it's definitely different when it's recorded. Yeah. So we're going to do a fun topic, more of a, I would say, a trip down memory lane. So cheesy, but we're going to be talking about our childhoods. I feel like we all have a sense of our, I guess, past lives. Um, we all met in college, so we did meet each, meet each other at a different point in life, but I feel like we did kind of talk about it, but not in great depth, so this will be interesting for everyone. I guess the first question is, where did you guys grow up? Maybe talk about how diverse it was in general, and maybe what you loved and hated about it. I guess I can start. So I grew up in Florida. Was it diverse? The area that I was from was not super diverse. In fact, was not diverse at all. But you learn from it. You learn to assimilate. Things that I loved about it was more about the actual location, the like physical location. So I was very close to the beach growing up, which I feel like was very nice. And also, I wasn't super far away from all the theme parks. So that was a huge part of my childhood, which... I feel grateful for because a lot of people fly in for Disney and for Busch Gardens and things like that. So having that close by was large part of my childhood. But there is a lot of downsides to living in Florida. Being in a very non-diverse neighborhood was not easy for me. And I think for the few POC people there, it was a very hard adjustment. The environment is also not open-minded at least the county that i'm from i feel like when i eventually moved to the west coast everyone's way of living is you do you and no one will be judged and you kind of just live your life and do the best you can let's say not constant judgment but you can't do you <laughs> if that makes any sense <laughs> so those are probably things what, what was it was it very conservative i would say different pockets were super conservative so my average age or not my average age the average age of my city was around 62 65 and the school that i went to our school was basically what brought that average down so a lot of the lifestyles were very conservative thinking was very old-timer thinking was it uh, a culture shock to come to california yeah huge culture shock when i came to california i felt like i was landing in the chennai airport when i landed in berkeley if that's not super intense but or dramatic but that's how i felt um but huge culture shock i really liked it though it was the change that i needed and wanted what about you guys where are you guys from was it diverse what did you like about it what did you not so i'm from the southern bay area and in terms of diversity, it kind of depends on um, which part you're from. So I grew up in a pretty diverse area. My neighborhood was pretty diverse. Uh, there were you know, people from all parts of the world. And 
you know, everyone pretty much got along. I didn't really have much experiences where I didn't really feel where I felt like I didn't have many experiences where I felt like, you know, uncomfortable or anything like that. But I know that in other neighborhoods and other parts of the South Bay, it can feel like that, especially in more wealthier areas where it sort of becomes less diverse. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to see maybe one or two types of people uh, living in those areas. So, yeah. And what I loved about it, there's, you know, the food. <laughs> I love the food there. Um, or I still live here, but I love the food here. And um, I don't know. It's what do I love about being here? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. How to... Aisha, you love sign. your city. What is going on? <laughs> I do. I do. But I don't know what to, what to say there. I guess there's a there's a couple. I'll just say the food. Honestly, it's the food that um, I really love about being here. What I hate about it. I hate that it's so expensive to live here. I hate how people who are working class have to work their butt offs, their butts off to be able to afford rent. And it's like super hard to buy a home. I was gonna say, did you notice like a dramatic change in terms of like the prices in San Jose? Just because I, I'm not from the Bay Area, but I know that it's been rising dramatically since like the early 2000s to now, depending on like social media and the internet. Did you notice it as a kid as much? Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember back what in 2007, 2008, we had a neighbor who was about to move into a home, a new home. And the neighbor told us like, hey, you guys should look into buying homes now. They're, you know, they're pretty cheap. And at that time, the homes were like $400,000 um, for just a regular home or like a townhouse or something. And those same homes now are in the millions, easily in the millions. And that was what, just over 10 years ago, not even that long ago. And they've increased, you know, they're twice, three times, you know, their original costs. So it rises all the time. And slowly, you know, people are starting to move out of here. And it's slowly becoming a place where, you know, you only think of tech people. And I've noticed that even when I was in Berkeley, like, oh, you're from San Jose? Like, that's so cool. Like, all the tech companies are there, you know? It's like, as a kid, you don't, you know, growing up in San Jose and, and in the South Bay, you don't really, that's not, it's like, it's a mostly an outsider thing that, you know, people see when they're, when they come here. But there's a lot more to that. How about you, Zara? Well, even though I'm currently in Tennessee, my family just moved here. I was raised majority of my life in Southern California, specifically Inland Empire. If you know what's the areas of Southern California, it's basically like LA, Orange County, and then the IE, which is like San Bernardino County. My area was pretty diverse. I mean, yeah, it was pretty diverse. I never had an issue about like fitting in per se. I think more of it that my parents were very involved in moths, like super involved, like my family does everything. So my issue wasn't like fitting into like quote unquote American society. I think growing up for me was like, was I Pakistani enough? My ethnicity. So that's what I kind of grew up thinking. So my 
so the Inland Empire, just to give context, it's like growing up there. So it's outside LA, east of it. So majority of it was due to the rising housing in Los Angeles, more people had to move out to um, the IE, so housing was more affordable, but the high, LA has been getting worse, which I didn't think was possible. So now like my area, it's weird because it's definitely being gentrified, which I didn't know was possible. <laughs> and my brother and I talk about it because we were raised like near cow farms and like there wasn't a lot to do besides going to school, going to like your church or your mosque, whatever, and then going home basically. And everything was like, industrial corporate like offices like half of it was in LA and the other half would be like in our area but now it's like getting more developed so if you go there it's more it's becoming a little bit more suburban so I grew up like in Ontario and Rancho which is like two cities nearby in the IE um one thing I loved about it I guess was just the sense of community that I think my parents like were to build like everyone there like I knew I would drive around, I would know like certain people who lived in certain areas or like just feeling very connected. There's not much to do. It's not like one of those places where you have a small town coffee shop and like everyone knows. It's like we only have like Starbucks and like Carl's Jr. Like it's not like a quaint small town. There, When you get older, you realize there's like literally nothing to do. Yeah. Literally nothing. Literally. And um, basically LA traffic's horrendous. Like. If majority of the people, if you didn't work in the IE, which is like the warehouses or like the corp, like the second part of the corporate offices, you had to commute to LA. And that commute, if you weren't taking the train, was an hour 30 every morning. And that's like good. Sometimes it gets to two hours. And if you're going home, traffic starts at four o'clock. So if you lived in the IE, if you want to go to LA, you basically aren't working. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or like you have to leave at like 11 and then somehow get back on the freeway by 3 or 8 p.m. Like there's like no in between. So that's what I hated that basically if you wanted to go to LA, which a lot of people like growing up, I l rarely went to LA just because the traffic and it's expensive. Like parking can range from like 15 to like $30 depending on what, where you park in LA. So I guess what I hated was that there was nothing to do and pollution because we had the warehouses and all the mm -hmm. air from LA because of traffic and OC because they're by the beaches, the air would blow it into our area. Yeah, when people ask me what to do, there, there's nothing much to do. So that's the only thing I hate about it, but I love it because it's like where I grew up and like, like I if I drive there, I know like this is what I did. This is where I took this and this is where I like, did this, you know, like those certain parts of your hometown that you're like, even though it's kind of trash, it's my trash. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how to describe that, yeah. it, <laughs> but yeah. Near a lot of your family too, growing up and in high school and in college. So how is that like being close to cousins and aunts and uncles? I'm sure. And you guys are very close too. So how is that? Definitely. It was nice. I'm not gonna lie, it's nice, but it also comes with some cons, and I know a lot of them are listening. So I don't know if I should talk more. We love you, not we love family. you, family. <laughs> well, I was the eldest and like first American born, so they weren't mean or anything like that, but I just felt this unknown pressure. And because I was so close with my family, it was kind of like you gotta do what you can for everyone else. And it was a lot of like, community feeling so I never felt this sense of like 
independence until college it sounds so cliche and i don't want to say that you have to move out from home to feel that but for me it was like that just because don't have room to like f up and then i moved to berkeley and i was like okay maybe i can not not like i did anything bad but like i didn't feel this pressure so growing up i felt like i was super nerdy like i have no shame i still don't like going out and that was me and like because i was just like oh i can just stay at home like i have like all these friends, I don't need friends, I have my family. Wasn't antisocial, I had like four, which is just the people I like, grew up around, but like definitely that was just my upbringing. But in the Bay Area, I had my dad's side, but cause I didn't have a car, I couldn't really go see them cause a lot of them were in San Jose. So I tried my best, but I didn't really make an effort, which I totally take responsibility for. Okay, well, moving on. So did you guys ever feel, did you ever have experiences getting or like being bullied, you know, growing up, going to school, you know, elementary, middle school, high school, just anything that you want to share about your experiences going to school? Yeah. Tell me why I'm nervous talking about this one. (laughs) Did I ever, in school, yeah, did I ever feel like I didn't belong in my school. Yeah, all the time I felt like I didn't belong. I think this kind of hit me later on when I was in high school and also when I was in college. It kind of, and I've talked to people, like talked to my friends back in high school um, who have similar backgrounds than I do um, about just things that happened in high school and we kind of just let them pass. There were so many times where I was like, am I like super Indian? Like what? Like I can't fit in the school. Like this feels so weird. And then later on when I get to college, which we can talk about later, it was a completely different experience. And I realized so many people had the same upbringing as I did. But in elementary, middle school, high school, I was like, man, I'm like really having a rough time out here. Like I can't relate to any of these kids. (laughs) Like I'm just so different. It just sucked. Honestly, it did suck. And I didn't talk that like I had two other Indian friends in middle school and high school. We recently talked about this, how we didn't even approach each other about being like, yo, like, are you guys going through similar stuff? Because we all just thought we were all like living different lives, but we were going through the same thing. And we talk about that now after college being like, man, we could have actually hit each other up back in the day, but we just didn't know we were all going through the same thing. Was I ever bullied? And this one's kind of hard. I know Aisha had a great eighth grade. (laughs) I... (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) My eighth grade story is a little bit different. (laughs) It was rough. Yes, I did get bullied. It was at the time, I didn't really know what was going on. I think I was super naive and I was just like, oh, this is just like people have bad personalities. They're just being rude without like being raised properly. Like I thought that's what was going on. Went through high school and like when I replayed a lot of things that did happen to me in college, I was like, this is clear racism, one. And two, this is microaggressions. Three, this was just straight up people being bullies, like for no reason. Um, I can go into details about certain situations. Don't want to make this too like bad moody. (laughs) But like you learn from these experiences. And I think ninth grade was kind of like my turning time where I was realizing that these things were happening because they legitimately were like racist things that were happening, microaggressions, like actual bullying. 
then in 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, I say this to a lot of people, but like my mom was legit my only friend those three years. I had like two high school friends that I still speak to, three, maybe four, but like 100% of those years that got me through was my mom because no one ever knows like what's going on behind the scenes sometimes. And they're like, oh, she's just like always happy or quiet at school. But like going home, I kind of realized, I think I just tried too hard in middle school to like, even like to the people who did bully me, I tried to like be nice about it and like patch things up and like still be friends with everyone. And that just hurt me like even more and more. And then I had a turning point in high school where it was like, why do I care? Like if someone's being rude to me, like blatantly, like why, why should I respond back nicely? Like I, there's only so much that I can do. And for me, it was just to like, completely be on my own and just like spend time with family. That's like kind of what ended up hap- happening, but I'm grateful for it because it gave me a new perspective and how I like who I can be friends with or who I approach and how I confront situations if they happen again. That like gave me a new perspective on things, but it was hard. I mean, I think growing up in an area and I feel like I can speak to a lot of kids who may have come with similar experience as myself, if you're in the minority in times, people will play that card against you. And I hope times are changing and I hope people are thinking more progressively. And I've spoken to Zara and Aisha about this in college, but it's just like some situations I replay in my mind and be like, how did I allow that to happen? Like, how did this even happen in the first place? Um, Like people telling me like, in kindergarten, I think one of the first, like, I think racial encounters that I was aware it was a racial encounter was when someone came up to me and they were like, my mom told me not to talk to you because of your skin color. That was one thing. So there were times where teachers were racist to me in elementary, not going to go into the details there, but my mom actually did a diversity training at my school that year that that happened. So like happy that we were able to do something about like certain instances it just is scary that these things are happening and that it shouldn't have happened in the first place but hopefully times are changing but i feel like a lot of the times that i did get bullied or the times that i felt like i didn't belong were because i was stuck in this area that wasn't open-minded at all and for people to blatantly come up and say like you don't belong in this country. Even when I come visit back from college, like those things have happened. You would think that those things would stop. But I tell you, like the last time that happened was like last winter break when I was at a Publix. So it's like, obviously things have a long way to go. Um, But it's sad. It's really sad that this kind of stuff happens. It's like bullying in general should not be allowed. But bullying because of race is definitely not okay. If people are being rude to you, stand up for yourself because <laughs> you deserve better. <laughs> Dude, thank God you came to Berkeley, California for college, bro. Just the complete 180, huh? I know, complete 180. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, this doesn't have to be like this part that what I'm about to say doesn't have to be in the podcast, but it's like honestly so sad. Like half the things that I realized as like racist comments, like I didn't even realize that they were... I just thought people were having bad personalities or I thought like they were probably raised wrong or they were just rude. But it it took college to happen, to be like what happened in our past, everything that led up to it. We're all just like small things that were said that now we are like, wait, that Mm -hmm. is not okay. You cannot say those kinds of things out loud or like 
this specific statement is like that for sure that's a racist comment like but at the time i'm like oh this person's just rude and i like i feel stupid for that but like it just kind of sucks that it took so long to realize but it is what it is it's just kind of sad you were talking about um like the concept of like how you don't really realize how bad it was like i until like certain parts of your life you look look back and reflect on it it's like the weirdest feeling especially when i feel like that comes with also with education too the older you get the Mm -hmm. more you learn it's just like yeah there was a situation when i was in first grade where my like best friend at that time like i used to share everything with her i used to share like my food and everything like during recess and all that and this is like an everyday thing like almost every day and one time, my like the same friend came up to me one day during recess, as I was about to share, you know, my snack, and she was like, "Oh, um, my mom told me not to take any snacks from you, like anymore." And I was like, "I mean, obviously, first grade, you don't really think that's racist, right?" Just like, "Oh, okay." And I thought this was, um. You know, her her mom telling her not to take snacks from anybody because, you know, germs or something. I don't know. And so when I saw her, you know, go to other her other friends during recess and like take food from them or like if they offered her food, you know, she would still take it from them, but not from me. I was like, hmm, like, that's weird. But I still never registered it as being racist until um, probably like a couple of years ago when I just like randomly thought about it. I was like, oh shoot, that was that was not okay. <laughs> but yeah, for me, in my experience in elementary and middle school, I didn't really, ha- I mean, because like the school I went to was pretty diverse. The schools I went to were pretty diverse. We all got along pretty well. I can't really think of any other instances where, you know, I experienced racism. There could be, maybe I just didn't know it at the time. Um, but for the most part, it was pretty okay. I was friends with a lot of different kinds of people they were they were i would say bullies even though in the eyes of like the yard duties and like all the teachers they were just like amazing little angels but like during recess time you know in the tetherball line they'll cut you they'll freaking throw the tetherball at your face they'll try to aim it at your face they'll just say all these mean nasty things to you and honestly i i just thought of it as like routine like oh i'm going to class or i'm I'm probably gonna see these girls at recess They're probably going to say some weird, mean comments to me, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? That's, but definitely that was, it was definitely bullying now that I think about it. And there's always that one nice girl in the mean group that's like nice to you, but at the same time still sticks with the mean girls because that's her friends. What is she going to do? I mean, she could have left them, but she didn't. (laughs) It's just like, you know, I guess for me, it was just a part of going to that school and you know, just being in middle school or in elementary school. And the funny thing is that I transferred to a different middle school, right? And the main bully from that group ended up transferring that to that middle school. And she was a year older. And guess what? One day I'm like standing in line for lunch and she was in front of me and um, she saw me. She's like, hey, I remember you. And I was like, oh, you do? I was like, oh. And I was like, I remember you too. Yeah, I didn't tell her. I was like, you used to bully me. I never said that. Um, But I was like, hey, how's it going? (laughs) 
Um, she's like, and then obviously, like, I, I don't know if she forgot all of what happened, you know, a couple years ago, but she was just another, like, a completely new person. And I guess it's just a part of growing up, right? Like, I know a lot of people, you know, as you grow older, you change. It's a, it's a part of life. You just, you just grow up and you're not the same person as you were a couple years, like three, four years ago. So good for her that she's, you know, a good person now. Yeah, I really appreciate how you talked about the growing up part because there are people in my life that I look back and I'm like, we didn't have good memories mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. all. But then you kind of meet them again. Sometimes life is weird that way and you kind of learn not, I wouldn't say forget at all, but you understand that people grow and you never know what they were going through at that time of, the, of their life and how their actions may have been a bigger issue at hand and you hope that they grow from it and just don't repeat it because it does ca cause a lot of harm to people in the long run. Yeah, I don't know. It's just you, you kind of you can't hold a grudge forever, right? You kind of just have to let it go. I mean, you don't have to forget. You can you can still remember what they did to you, but don't hold it against them because maybe you don't you don't know what they were going through. But it, it shouldn't justify their actions. But also, you have to reevaluate. Like you aren't the same person you were exactly, when you were eight, exactly. when exactly. you were twelve. Like you go through a lot, and life happens, and you never know what happened in between that time that made you reevaluate yeah. yourself. Uh, for me, I wouldn't say. I was bullied, but now that I look back, I think I just hid a lot of myself. Not that I lied. I just didn't show my real self just because I was terrified of how people would act around me. Even though it was diverse for me, it was like I came from a religious background. So a lot of things I couldn't do that other people did. So like certain things I couldn't celebrate or I couldn't dress a certain way. I couldn't do certain things. And I didn't, I wasn't ashamed of it at all. I just didn't want to be a burden to another person and have to explain it as a kid. Like certain birthday parties I couldn't go to, I didn't know how to tell them it wasn't on you. And I was the only like, like for my knowledge, because I'm from a, a masjid community, I knew everyone there. So they weren't at my school. So I'm like, okay, so this is very naive, but I assume there's no other Muslims out there. Like straight up, it's just me. And that's so not true. But... <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of, I don't think I was my full self and I just kind of hid a lot of parts of me. So people, I didn't give people reasons to bully me. So I hidden or invisible to a certain extent because I didn't share enough about me for someone to notice me, if that makes sense. But so I wouldn't say I was bullied, but would I say I didn't belong? I mean, I always... I think people have this issue that they don't feel American enough. For me, I just never assumed I was American, which is like the weirdest concept. It doesn't make sense. But I just assume, oh, I'm Pakistani. That's why I can't show them all of me. And I never considered a hyphenated Pakistani American until I grew up and got older. But um, so for me, at least, I never felt like I didn't belong. I just had that community, my masjid community. So I just assumed, oh, I belong there. Like, that's why. Like, everyone there is Pakistani. Everyone kind of understands what I'm going through. I didn't really tell people outwardly, but I never had that sense of feeling lost, kind of. I just kind of assumed that, oh, I, have to, I don't have to fit in here. I have to fit in at my mosque. Because if I don't fit in there, then I'm screwed. 
So it wasn't until I got older that I realized that, oh, I can be hyphenated. I'm a mixture and I have to accept that. And I just didn't have anyone to talk about that to because if I told my parents, it's kind of hard for them to relate. To a certain extent, they can, but my experience is definitely different. But I'm very fortunate to have younger cousins who are now kind of older. They're in their teens. So, so they do understand how I feel. So it's kind of like I accepted I didn't belong, but... I didn't fully belong in where I thought I belonged either. I had to figure out a middle ground. Yeah, I guess bullying, I would just hide myself for like quote unquote survival, which isn't healthy at all. Like be who you wanna be. But at 10, I was like, I'm not gonna tell you a lot cause I don't know how you're gonna react. But people in my masjid, I would be more um, upfront about who I was. But also it, I didn't tell them my struggles at school cause I thought like how Megan was saying, I thought I was the only one who was going through it. So I'm like, oh, they're not going to get how they can't tell. Like, like I remember this one girl, she had this birthday party at American Girl store for the dolls. It was in LA, but her parents for her birthday, it was probably like a 10th birthday or something. They wanted to take us there and watch her get a doll. And if we want, we can get a doll too. My mom's like, you're not getting an American Girl doll. No way. <laughs> I'm like, you get one. <laughs> but... <laughs> And also it was like, um, it also hit, it was also at a time of religious uh, circumstance that my mom was like, there's no way I'm gonna let you. And now like, if I do have a religious thing, I tell full detail, mm -hmm. the itty bitties, like everything I'll be like, my family's doing this, this is what we usually do. Don't take it offensively. Like we can hang out some other time. And she's understanding cause you know, you grow up and you learn, but um, yeah. No, I definitely relate to that because I used to also feel kind of awkward explaining those kinds of things um, to my friends back when I was a kid or just like kind of feeling, you know, ashamed that I don't celebrate Christmas or, you know, I don't dress up for Halloween. You know what? Like my parents would just not ever let me dress up for Halloween. So one Halloween or like when I was in uh, elementary school, what I used to do was... <laughs> I don't know why I thought this was a good idea, but I used to just wear my shirt backwards. Oh. <laughs> That's, That's, so That's so cute. That's so That's so adorable. That's so I'm not even kidding right now. I was like, wow, I was I was really dumb <laughs> back then. I don't even know what that was. Hey, it like worked. I mean, people are like, oh my god, like, haha, <laughs> like you know what I mean. For me. I feel like food was like the hardest thing to explain. Like if I had any like food preferences, cause I can't eat beef or pork. That was like, for some reason, like such a big thing to explain to people. Cause they just did not understand that like there is certain food preferences. And also um, for like my religion, there are certain days that you can't eat certain types of foods or if like there's something that happens one day you can't eat or like there's this month where you have to be vegan like explaining i just never explained anything because it just doesn't make sense if you're not like going through the same thing um that just made it like super i just had to yeah either lie or just be like oh i'm just like changing my dietary preferences like <laughs> that's like all i have to say <laughs> instead of being like oh it's a religious thing i'm like oh like i'm just vegetarian now you know <laughs> you know like <laughs> oh my god I'm, I'm screaming because <laughs> Like, I used to, I eat, my family eat halal meat, so I've, like, 
so when I brought food from home, it would be chicken because it's halal. But if, if, if I had lunch in the school, I wouldn't get any beer. I'm like, I'm vegetarian. They're like, you're lying. I'm like, no, no, I swear I'm vegetarian. It's like, no, <laughs> yeah, they're like, it's right there. Yeah, yeah, I remember this girl confronted me. She's like, is that chicken? And I was like, no. She's like, I'm 100% sure that's chicken. It's impossible I- meat. <laughs> And I just remember at her house, and her, I think her parents kind of figured out because eventually her dad would just offer me a grilled cheese, always. But like, uh, yeah, that that was what a time. But now I'm actually vegetarian, which is very ironic. What a time, dude. With this, with this all being said, do you guys have any advice to your younger selves? Just like now, as you know, older, mature people who have gone through all you know college and just you know have finished the harder parts of growing up what what would you guys have to say uh to your let's say to your 10 year old self i would probably say don't be afraid about being yourself in front of other people Be the person that you were at home because I'm like the family clown. So be that person at school because that's okay to be loud. It's okay not to be shy. It's okay not to talk out loud uh, if you don't want to. But it's also completely okay to be loud and be the comedic self that you were at home at school. I feel like when I was younger, that like image of being shy carried with me till I graduated, which kind of sucked. And only in college I could be my extroverted but still introverted self, and I found that balance. Um, but if I could go back and just give advice, it'd be like, it's okay to be extroverted. Be yourself at home, or be the person you were at home at school. That'd be like my main, my main piece of advice. Also, like if people are rude to you. Don't let that happen. Let them let them learn from their lessons so that they're not rude to other people. I guess to add on, I would just say to do what feels right. I think I always just wanted to make other people happy, which isn't the healthiest trick, but just do what feels right in your heart. If you don't feel like it's for you, don't do it. Like just because you think that someone's not gonna like you or you're gonna dis- disappoint someone, just do what feels right. Cause at the end of the day, you're the one who's gonna face the consequences. You're the one who's gonna have to live with the decisions you make. And it might impact other people, but just do what feels right. And like Megana said, don't be afraid to be yourself because at the end of the day, you're the one who's gonna live with the d- decisions you make. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with all of uh, your guys' points. Um, I would just say like, hey, like, and everything will pass, you know, just be patient. And, you know, you got to tough it out sometimes, even your grades, like your grades don't really matter until like later. (laughs) Um, So don't even stress too much about, you know, getting straight A's, or, you know, studying super hard, like have a childhood, you know, go outside, play. I don't even know if that applies to the current generation of kids like go on your phone <laughs> um <laughs> go on tiktok you know what i mean no, i'm just kidding but um like don't worry too much just you know you're too young to be stressing about all these things even though you feel like you have to but you don't just you're just you're you're fine and also to add um 
I hope we do the same topic in 10 years so we can give advice to our 20s self. Oh Even though I feel like majority of it is in quarantine, but um, I'm excited to see where we all grow and where or who we become. It'll be exciting. This podcast God can really. be a time capsule that we open up in 10 years and be like, what was our 20, early 20 self thinking? Like, what were we going through? Then? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed or related to some of our experiences. We post every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard. And thank you so much for spending time and listening to us. Bye. Bye.